Hello, gorgeous hero. Wow, I am so excited for you to be joining us on today's episode of the Mind Your Hero podcast. Today, we are interviewing the incredible Elise Bassine, who is a breathwork facilitator as well as psychic healer. And she uses these two modalities absolutely beautifully together, which I cannot wait for you to hear more about. And in this episode, I actually reveal one of my biggest secrets that I've never shared on social media or on this podcast before. So I'm very excited for you to find out what that is. And also, I'm excited for you to share what your biggest takeaways are from today's podcast episode. So don't forget to tag us on social media and let us know what you've absolutely loved. Because when you let me know what you love, I can find more beautiful guest speakers like Elise to share absolutely invaluable information. So enjoy and don't forget to to share your biggest takeaway. Within us all, there resides a hero. We just have to learn how to tap in and unleash the power inside. Kylie Ann Bowers is the founder of Mind Your Hero. And this podcast is the mind foot you need to transform your mindset, manifest your desires, and live a life filled with magic. Each episode inspires you to discover your dreams, and equips you with the tools and courage you need to transform your life. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for hitting play. Now, let's begin. Hello, Elise. I am so excited to welcome you to the Mind You Here podcast. How are you doing today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to dive into all things breath work and psychic healing. But before we dive in, can I ask you some rapid fire questions just so our audience gets to know you a little bit better? Sure. So first question, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, okay. So um, I think it would be just to help people heal rapidly, <laughs> very rapidly. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And do you have a favorite quote that you either live by or just take wisdom from something that you just have always admired? Yeah. So this is something that, um, and I don't remember who said this, but I think it's pretty famous. And I've always loved this ever since I was a child. It's, um, we see things not as they are, but as we are. And I just really love that because it just kind of embodies that everything is all about your perspective and the way that you see things. And there's no like reality that exists beyond what you perceive. So I absolutely I love, love that. that quote. <laughs> yeah. And I know this could be a completely separate episode, but if there was one thing that you could add to the school curriculum that the schools do not have installed right now, what would that be? So I love that you asked this because I've actually had a lot of experience working in schools. I am have my master's in school counseling and um, I've actually created a meditation program and curriculum for the school that I worked at. And um, yeah, that's what I would say is meditation 100%. Um, I've worked with kids for a long time and to me, that is what's missing that and just understanding your feelings but I feel that meditation is the way to get there so I'm going with meditation. 
absolutely could not agree with that more. Okay, so how did you get into the line of work? And I think a lot of people are going to be super interested to hear about the psychic healing. But how did you get into the line of work that you're in today? And can you just tell us a little bit about your journey? Yes, definitely. So I discovered breathwork when I was 19 years old. Um, I was in college and uh, I just wasn't really happy. I was having a lot lot of anxiety. Um, I was also struggling with an eating disorder. Um, and, you know, I didn't have any trauma or anything really big happen in my life. I was just struggling with all of these inner worries and anxieties and fears. And when I was in college, I first discovered yoga. I started working at a yoga studio as a job just to make extra money. And it was there that I discovered breath work. And I had no idea what it was, but at the time I was just willing to try anything that the yoga studio had to offer. I just did every single thing. I read every single book that they had and I just started absorbing all this information um, about yoga and Ayurveda and all alternative forms of healing. And I became a vegetarian and all of the things, you know, and then um, they were having a breathwork class one evening at the studio and I did it. And it's funny because I don't even remember anything particularly happening during it. I think that I liked it. I don't remember having a crazy experience or anything, but something just drew me back to it. And uh, luckily here in Philadelphia, there's a really great breathwork community that offers a lot of trainings and workshops. And I basically just started doing every single training and workshop that they offered for the next four years of my life. <laughs> so I did like three uh, breathworker trainings, you know, to teach you how to become a breathworker. I did two breathworker teacher trainings and a bunch of different workshops around, um, you know, letting go of subconscious limiting beliefs, family patterning that's holding you back and all of this stuff. And I was really just submersed in that at a young age. Um, and then, you know, I kind of, and at that time I did have clients and I would teach group classes and then, you know, life just kind of happened. Um, after I graduated college, I moved to Tucson, Arizona, um, which is like across the country here in the U.S. And um, I, you know, was in a relationship and I was, I was still actually teaching breath work out there. Um, and then I moved back here. I got my master's in school counseling. I got married. I had kids and I was a school counselor for about eight years. Um, and then in the last couple years, I really started to realize that, um, you know, there was more for me and I was not really, what I was doing as a school counselor was great, but it was only maybe utilizing about 25% of my abilities. And I knew I was supposed to help people heal in a deeper way. Um, and I started to focus my attention on breath work. And as I was doing that, I started to go deep within myself. I was doing a lot of personal growth work and um, realizing that I also have 
abilities, psychic abilities, where I can really tap into people's energy and understand where they're at. And, um, you know, I think it's important to like demystify that a little bit because, you know, it's not like I all of a sudden was able to like talk to everybody's relatives that have passed away and like all of these things. But I realized that as a breath worker, which is something I've been doing for so long, while I'm sitting in the presence of someone breathing, I get messages and I have understandings of where they're at. And I realized that I was just able to tap into their energy. And when I was younger, I wasn't as, you know, I didn't have as much confidence and I wasn't able to really listen to those things. And now that, you know, I have more experience and understanding with myself, I'm able to really trust those things that I'm hearing and feeling and knowing that those are actually messages for me to relate to my client. And these are actually ways that I'm able to see what is stuck and what they need to move through in order to heal. So in the past year, um, I really started to hone those abilities and incorporate them into the work that I do with clients. And also just realize like, I am a healer. That's why I'm on this planet. And I need to get moving and start helping people heal because this is what we're all being asked to do right now, I feel. Um, so yeah, in the last six months, I've really built my business and seeing clients and really helping them to a transformation. So it's been really powerful. And it's been a very intense and amazing journey. <laughs> Oh, I love that. So there's a couple of questions that I want to ask you. You were speaking yeah. about, um, you know, you've done breath work to help limiting beliefs and family patterning and limiting beliefs yeah. is not a new concept to this podcast. We speak about it all the time, but what is family patterning and what does that entail? Okay, great question. So basically it's the idea that we picked up a lot of beliefs and made a lot of decisions about the world from our family and the environment that we grew up in. Specifically from the ages of zero to seven or zero to eight is when we really picked up all of this, these beliefs, which then turn into thought patterns. So that's why I say family patterning is because once you make a decision about the world and you create a belief about something, it then turns into a pattern of thought that you, that kind of runs, you know, and you're not even really aware sometimes that this belief is kind of driving the bus in a sense, it's kind of driving the decisions you make and who you are because you picked it up so young that it might not even be a verbal thought within you. It's more like a feeling that just kind of lives within you based on what you saw growing up. So um, the example I always like to give is around money, because this is something I think a lot of people can relate to. If when you were younger, you witnessed your parents saying things like, there's not enough money, or I wish we had more money, or I don't know where the money is coming from, you know, all of these things, you are making a decision about the world based on what you saw that money is hard to come by or, you know, having like this lack mentality because that's what you saw growing up and that's what you absorbed from your environment. So, and when we're kids, and it's funny because I see this with my own kids, um, you just, 
you just accept what's going on. Like you don't really question things, I think, until you become a teenager. You're just like, oh, okay, this is what the world is. And you don't really question it. So all of these things that you see, you're like, okay, this is what the world is. And then you make a decision about that based on what you see. And then, like I said, that those decisions are kind of driving what you do and the decisions you make. And until you uncover what those beliefs are, you that that's still going to be how you're making decisions. So even if you say like, okay, I'm abundant, I'm going to make a lot of money until you kind of like go under the hood of the car and see like what those subconscious beliefs are and bring them to the surface, you're not really going to be able to um, do the things that you say. And that's where the breath work comes in and is so powerful because when we breathe and when we start to move the energy in the body, these subconscious beliefs start to surface and we become aware of them. They come to the conscious mind so we can make a new decision based in present time and not what has happened in the past. I love that. I actually sometimes refer to family patterning as your life sentence because you just don't understand <laughs> why you've got the same problem happening over and over again over and because over. Yeah, totally. you may have decided at a young age that you're not going to communicate effectively and then all of a sudden you can't communicate in your relationships and you can't communicate about wanting a raise from your boss. So it's playing out in all areas of your life, yet it all comes exactly. from one decision. So I absolutely yes. love your explanation of that. And I love what you say. And I think this is something I actually really want to talk about is that affirmations are not going to help unless you've done the deeper inner work. So I love yes. affirmations and I love declarations. But if you're saying to yourself, money comes to me easy and you haven't done the deeper work, your subconscious mind is going to be like, oh, really? No, it doesn't. It's, it's Money doesn't come easy. I'm going to show you proof that it doesn't come easy. So right. So do you believe that affirmations are something that works for everyone, no matter which situation you're in? Or do you also believe that it needs to be taken at a deeper level first before you can reaffirm a new truth? Yes. So, you know, I mean, I think affirmations are great and I have used affirmations in the past, but I agree. I think until you really do the work to uncover what those subconscious beliefs are and actually do the work to change them, move them energetically out of the body, and then make a conscious decision about the world from the present moment. I don't think that the affirmations are necessarily going to work. I think that they can be a great complement to the subconscious work, especially as you're trying to change a belief and but really the the changing of the beliefs happens in each moment right so like once we become aware of what these beliefs are and then in the work that i do we consciously move the energy out of the body and then once we're able to do that then in each moment when something surfaces you're able to kind of be like oh i'm not going to go into that pattern and you can kind of consciously choose a new belief if that makes sense yes. in each moment when something comes up so it's not like it's just going to magically like leave but you now have the awareness that you can choose differently in each moment 
I love that, that you have the awareness to choose differently. So I I 100% agree. And I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me lately saying that manifestation is not working for them. And I truly believe it's because they haven't done the deeper work first in order to allow that space. And I always like to say that you have, you're almost like a fridge and inside of you is your energy, which is made up of your emotions and your feelings and all of these things that you move whilst you're doing breath work. And if you are wanting to entertain new ideas and new energy into your life, whether it's physical objects or experiences, whatever it may be, you have to clean the fridge out first and make sure you don't have any of the toxic emotions. Otherwise, you're trying to pack in new groceries into this full (laughs) fridge and it's not working. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good analogy. And I completely agree. And, um, you know, and it's a process, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's like peeling back the layers of the onion, you know, like, especially when you're working around family patterning, and we start to delve into your relationships with your parents and those dynamics and how those play out in your life. That stuff it's a it's an ongoing process of uncovering things about each relationship and beginning to relate to them differently so that they can start to shift but with deep stuff like that especially around your family it's a process you know it's not like okay all of a sudden i'm healed from with my relationship with my mother like yes you can absolutely heal your relationship with your mother but it's an ongoing process of healing you know and there's always another layer to it so yeah it's it's you definitely have to release the subconscious limiting beliefs and the old thought patterns and saying no to those old dynamics but it's a process you know and sometimes they'll they'll surface again, even if you feel like you've gotten to a really good place, um, they can rear their ugly heads again. You know, I see it all the time in my relationship with my own mother, um, you know, and your parents will be the first ones to trigger you really easily. So, <laughs> Definitely. That is just, yes, everything I believe in. So let's move more into the breathwork that you do, because I know there's an array of different breathwork practices that people can get involved in. So what is it that you specifically specialize in and why have you chosen that specific modality within breathwork? So, um, this was the, this is the breathwork that I discovered at 19 and I have experienced other types of breathwork, which are super powerful. This is the one that, you know, has healed and transformed me so much so this is why I do that and you know it's funny I don't even know why I do it I think I do it because it's so ingrained in me because I discovered it at such a young age I feel like it's just a part of who I am um so the type of breath work that I do is called conscious connected breathing and it's very very simple um it's just a circular breath in and out through the mouth and there's no space between the inhale and the exhale. So you're just getting a constant flow of air moving in and out of the body. And as you do that, energy starts to move, stuck energy starts to move. So the idea is that every experience we've had, every emotion that we've had holds a chemical signature in our cells, right? So, and especially any feelings that we haven't fully dealt with, any experiences that we haven't fully integrated, they're living energetically within us, waiting for us to feel them, right? So that's kind of 
how I describe anxiety in a sense is that there are all these feelings that you haven't allowed yourself to feel that are kind of like waiting there wait for you to feel them. So if there's so many of them that are waiting there, they're going to start to like bubble up. And if you think about the feeling of anxiety, that's actually the feeling is it's like this like nervous energy of things kind of like bubbling up to the surface. And there, it's just these feelings that are saying like, hey, here I am, like, please feel me so I can dissipate. Um, and so when we breathe, we're really giving ourselves the space to feel these feelings that are kind of like waiting there energetically to be felt. Um, and then same goes for like old experiences, like I described with the family patterning, like anything that we've experienced in our lives that we haven't fully integrated. And when I say integrated, I mean really fully experienced so that there's no charge around it anymore. It doesn't trigger us anymore. Does that make sense? Like there's no, when we think about it, it's just even, like there's no positive or no, it's, yeah, it's neutral. Um, so anything that has happened that we haven't fully integrated is just waiting there for us to experience it so that we can integrate it. So when we do this breath work process, those, uh, that stuck energy or those experiences begin to surface so we can feel them and so that they can dissipate. So that's why the results will be that all of a sudden you feel lighter, you have a new perspective, you might start relating to people differently. Um, and if you have anxiety, the more you do the breath work and allow yourself to feel those feelings that are just kind of waiting there, your anxiety begins to dissipate. I love it. And I love how you spoke about emotions coming up to say, please feel me. Can we just talk about that for a moment? Because I think so many people are so scared of feeling their emotions and especially with the thought process of manifestation, a lot of people know that they have to be in a higher vibration and a happier state to bring in things. But I love how you're saying that leaning into it dissipates those emotions. So can we just talk about what the importance is of the please feel me emotions a little (laughs) bit more? Because I think people think they need to be positive thinking all the time. Right. And that's totally not true. Um, Just positive thinking all the time is not going to get you anywhere, especially if there's all of these feelings lying underneath the surface that need to be dealt with. So I just want to bring this back to also, you know, in my experience working with kids, Mm -hmm. I really feel like it starts with um, modeling. So kids learn most from modeling, right? They're not going to learn from you telling them what to do. They're going to learn from doing what you do. So a lot of us, most of us have not witnessed our parents or the, the adults in our lives properly dealing with their emotions in a healthy way, right? So we, a lot of us have gotten the messaging that your emotions are not okay. They're not comfortable. They're almost like a nuisance or an embarrassment or something that you shouldn't show. And this is a messaging that we've all gotten, right? So a lot of us just subconsciously feel that our emotions are not something that we should show to anyone and not something that it's comfortable or convenient to have, right? Because we're supposed to act a certain way. We're 
we're supposed to be happy in certain situations. And if we're not, it's like, well, well, what's wrong with you kind of a thing. So I really believe that it starts with so many of us not seeing the proper models of people who are showing healthy emotions, right? And have a healthy relationship with their emotions. So I think then we grow up and we do everything we can to not feel those emotions because we don't think that that's something that we should do. And then it almost becomes something that we're afraid of because we feel like it's so overwhelming and there's too many of them that if we open that door, it's just going to be like a flood and we're not going to be able to handle it and we're going to completely lose control. Um, And I think that's what everyone is kind of afraid of. And that's what kind of creates that shadow side of us. It's like that part of us that doesn't, that we don't want to look at because we're too scared of what we're going to find. So we kind of like hide it away in a corner somewhere and don't look at it, but then it kind of controls us, right? Because it's that stuff that we're not looking at. So it controls us. So like an example of this would be, um, you know, like putting yourself out there on social media. Like if you're starting a business, but you're scared to be seen, that's like a shadow part of yourself because you're afraid of what people are going to think of you, people judging you, all of these things, because you kind of put these fears and feelings and emotions that you didn't want to deal with in a box. And now they're kind of controlling you. Right. So I think people feel so afraid just to like open that box and feel those emotions. But actually what happens is, and it might be uncomfortable to feel them. um, But the uncomfortableness is will only last for a little bit and then you'll feel better. Whereas like, if you refuse to feel them at all, you're just going to be uncomfortable until you do. (laughs) Completely. I'm absolutely fascinated with shadow work and maybe we can, because I've never really spoken about shadow work on this podcast before. So maybe we can just look a little bit at shadow work, um, just the brief (laughs) work um, around (laughs) it. And how does breath work help facilitate that whole process? Yeah. So I really see the shadow as just this part of yourself that you are kind of hiding from others. Like this part of yourself that you would be so embarrassed if someone else knew about you or so embarrassed if someone else saw. Um, And this part of yourself that you're not really willing to look at or deal with. Um, And that's what's so great about breathwork is because, you know, all of these things come up to the surface and things will surface and you'll have realizations of things that you didn't really expect, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, and it will, all of these things that are kind of hiding underneath the surface will come to light during breath work. So I feel like it's kind of the perfect modality and it's such a great compliment to whatever other work you're doing around subconscious beliefs, shadow work because it really just serves to move that energy out of the body and bring it up to the surface so you can like I said before like have that awareness of it amazing shadow work is yeah it it is it's so uncomfortable to do I remember meeting my shadow for the first time (laughs) it was terrifying but also I've had so many so many breakthroughs since doing that deeper work and just allowing myself to feel that uncomfort and it does it brings up a whole bunch of emotions that you're not even aware or that you not even aware that you can feel for me that's what it did um it was really yeah and 
I know. And also I feel like it's this part of yourself that's kind of holding you back from embodying who you really are. Um, mm. And for me, that's what I really experienced, I feel, in the last year or so when I started to build my business and I really had to come forward as a healer, which is something that I didn't feel comfortable with. And it was kind of the shadow aspect of me because I had all these fears around making other people feel uncomfortable or um, people thinking I'm weird or crazy. Um, because I kind of, ever since I was a child, I always knew that I like felt different and that I understood people differently. And I felt things in such a deep, deep way that I was scared for people to know that because I never thought anyone would understand it. And I never felt like my parents would understand it. So it was this part of me that I kind of like hid away. And now that I'm, you know, being seen in a different way as this healer in a bigger way, um, I kind of had to out that shadow. And that was a that was a big process for me because, you know, just being on social media, doing lives, like really being seen by everyone I know, basically as, as a psychic, as a healer, like those are things where I feel like even a year ago, I would have been like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so it really, I think, you know, once you out your shadow, then you're really able to step into your true authentic self. And you know, the, the version of yourself that you were really, you really came to this planet to be, you know? So I feel like that's kind of the, the, the benefit of doing shadow work. Definitely. So let's go into like more of the self that you didn't want to be seen that you are, are now being seen for, which is the psychic healing. Let's just go mm -hmm. into what is psychic healing, because I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions and I know we've already started touching on dispelling these, but what is psychic healing specifically to you? So for me, I've always so I always knew I was an empath, right? And with my years as a counselor, I just knew, I always knew what everyone was feeling. So, you know, I'd be sitting around a table with like five different people and I just always knew what everyone was, where everyone was energetically at. You know, I just always had this ability to tap into people's energy and understand what they were feeling and kind of like what their energetic vibration was, what their needs were. Um, so that was something that I always kind of could do. Um, but I really, in the last year, started to trust that more. And like I kind of said before, for me, when I'm, when people are breathing, that for me was kind of the gateway to see, okay, I'm sitting here watching this person breathe and I'm getting all of these messages and now I just like write them down. So it's almost like I channel like in the presence of the person who's breathing, I channel messages for them, um, which are just kind of like, I just kind of tap in and I hear things and it's just more energetically like where they're at and what they need kind of a thing. Um, but I really feel that everyone can do this, right? We're all mm. highly intuitive beings. We all, you know, everyone has had the experience where they walk into a room and they're like, oh, the vibe in there sucks. You know, like that everybody can relate to that. 
So I think it's really just about trusting that. I, I mean, obviously there are people who are more wanting to do this work and feel more called to it, but I think everyone has that ability to read the energy of a room. Like we're energetic beings. Um, and I think, think we can all do this. And for me, it has just been a process of trusting myself and the feelings and the messages that I'm getting from people and realizing that those are valuable to people. And those are things that if I share them, can really help people heal in a big way. So like alongside the breath work, which is really powerful in moving energy out of the body, now I'm kind of able to see exactly where people are holding stuck energy and what they kind of need to hear and need to know in order to heal on a deeper level. So I hope that answers your question. I know it was kind of all over the place. No, that was beautiful. And what I really liked is that, that the two modalities kind of working together is such a beautiful way to integrate your breathwork experience because I think a lot of people don't understand what they might be feeling in that moment. And if you are able to give them messages, then they are able to integrate whatever experience they are going through in a lot, well, in a more understandable way and at a deeper level. So I think it's beautiful that you've got the integration process of the two working so well together. Yeah, it really does go so well together. And I think that it's just a process of, for me, it was just a process of finding the exact way that I'm able to help people heal. And deep, on a deep level, I know I'm a healer. So, and I think it's just an evolving process of figuring out the best way that I can help people heal. And, um, you know, I've, I have the gift of the breath work. That's something that's just really super ingrained in me. And now it's really just about trusting myself um, and the, the understanding and the messages that I get. Um, and more recently, I've actually been able to tune in to um, just the energies of people. Like if people have lost somebody, you know, they have a relative that has passed away or someone close to them. Sometimes I'll be able to tap into the energy of the person that passed in the, in the breathwork session and give them messages around that too. So that's kind of a newer thing for me, but um, that's been really, really powerful um, to just kind of trust myself on a deeper level and receive those messages. So that's been really cool. And don't you find the more you trust yourself, the more those messages actually just flow to you. And then the more you trust those messages, totally. it just yeah. keeps coming. <laughs> it just keeps coming. Yeah, it just keeps coming. I mean, I had um, my grandmother who I was really close with, she passed away um, about four years ago. And for a while, I didn't you know, I didn't really feel her energy around me at all. And then once I started to understand like how to tune into people's energy more, like now she's with me all the time. Like we're having conversations left and right. Um, you know, she's always there when I always bring in her energy when I'm about to like do a session with someone, like she's kind of like my, my go-to guide <laughs> and oh, just beautiful. realizing that she's always there, you know? So it's, that's been really, really cool. 
That is so, so special. And it's such a beautiful gift that you have. Um, I love the fact that you also say that everybody has this ability. And I love mm. that you also described it as you walk into a room and it's like, oh, I don't like that vibe. And I think the word vibe gets thrown around so much, but I don't think people are aware of how amazing it is to be able to feel the vibe or your vibe attracts your tribe and you know we really do all innately have this ability and I think people are just not aware yet of it yeah and it's definitely something where you just have to tune into it right and it's not like for me too you know it's not like I'm going around and I'm constantly like getting messages about people or talking to people that have passed away it's like only if I tune in, then it's all right there. But if I'm, you know, taking care of my kids or like cooking dinner, it's not like I'm just getting all these messages. It's more like you have to just tap in to the energy and kind of put yourself in that state. Um, but yeah, it's totally there and accessible for everyone. I just think it's a matter of tuning in and trusting yourself. And I think it's also when we're growing up, we're conditioned to think that we're crazy if we're hearing the voices inside our head or... Oh, totally. And totally. that also then becomes our model of the world of, oh no, that this is nothing. Like, I don't want to be crazy. So you kind of just suppress it to the point that... Yeah, totally. That's when you lose the ability to tap into that unless you choose to actively seek it again. Yeah, definitely. Cause it's been something that's so, um, it's, it's, you know, it's not normal or something quote unquote. Um, so people don't feel like they should talk about it and it's, you know, but it's funny because I, I've experienced this for myself. Like I have a friend who I'm really close with whose mother passed away, who I actually had a, something happened where I tapped into her energy and she was giving me messages. And I was like, at first I was like afraid to tell my friend. And this is a friend that I'm really close with, but I'm like, we never talk about this stuff. I don't know how she's going to like receive it. If I'm like, Oh, I connected with your mother. Um, but then I told her and she was like, so happy and so grateful. And, you know, but it is this thing that you feel like, oh my God, am I going to, is somebody going to get freaked out or how are they going to receive this? You know, but I do feel like it is getting more and more normal, quote unquote, as everyone progresses. But yeah, I mean, that, ha that just happened to me a couple of weeks ago where I was like, oh my God, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't know how she's going to take this. <laughs> No, it is. And it is scary. Um, so I've actually also never admitted this to my audience. So this is the first time they're hearing it. But that's how I also do a lot of my coaching is by opening myself up to that energy to then get messages. And that directs me with whatever I know needs to happen in a session. And it is, it's so, so powerful to actually be in that space where you know that it's not just your worldview that you're placing onto somebody else. It's also a higher purpose and it's a different viewpoint point that can also gain a person's yeah like it can really give a person a very deeper and more profound level of understanding of their situation oh totally yeah and just kind of like it almost is a relief in a sense because you're like okay I don't it's not that I have to heal this person it's like if I get out of the way 
and just receive these messages, then the healing will happen, you know? So it's kind of like, it's almost a relief in a sense, because you don't have to figure anything out. You just kind of have to be a channel for the energy and whatever is supposed to come through. Definitely. You're just the vessel for the message that that person needs to then hear. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Elise, so much for your time today. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. But before we go, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you? And do you have any programs that you're running at the moment? Or how is it that you do work? Yes. So right now, the the my biggest offering that I like to encourage people to do is my six-week transformation program which is five breathwork and psychic healing sessions over the course of six weeks. Um, so it's a, the sessions are about two hours where you do breathwork for about 40 or 45 minutes. And then we also talk and I tap into your energy. I see exactly where you're stuck. And then I guide you to release it in the breathwork sessions. I also channel messages for you during your sessions. And then in between sessions, I provide guided meditations for you. I also provide transformational boosters, which are like journaling processes or different written exercises that I create for you based on what you're going through. And you'll do those in between sessions. This is a really powerful six-week transformation, um, which I'm super excited about. I have my clients that are going through it now are are changing by leaps and bounds. It's really, really magical. Um, so yeah, so that's my, I also offer one-off sessions, but I really am promoting the six-week transformation right now because that's what, that's where the real magic happens. Um, so you can find me on my website, which is elisebreathes.com. And then also my Instagram is elise underscore breathes. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. I also have a Facebook group that, um, is a community that I created called breathe to succeed. And in there I share, um, breath work and I share a lot of inspirational resources for you. So, um, yeah, I'd be happy to have everyone join that as well. Amazing. And I'll definitely make sure that those are linked up in the show notes so that if you are listening to this and would like to get in touch with Elise, you can do so. But Elise, thank you so much. I don't know if you have any closing comments, but I've really just appreciated your time today. Yes, me too. I love talking about this stuff. I could talk about it all day and all night. <laughs> so, <laughs> I really appreciate... <laughs> so I just really appreciate this conversation and thank you so much for having me. It's only a pleasure and we'll definitely keep in touch. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Hero podcast. We hope it's lit a fire within you to go after and achieve your dreams. If you loved this episode, we'd be honored if you would leave a review and share it with your friends on social media. As a thank you for sharing in our dream to inspire millions across the globe, we'll gift you a guided meditation that will allow you to step into the power of your inner hero faster than you could ever imagine. For daily inspiration, be sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Mind Your Hero. We've absolutely adored our time together on this episode and look forward to you tuning in again. Until next time, we wish you a magic-filled week.